Welcome to Engineering Career Journeys, brought to you by Australia-wide Engineering Recruitment. This is a podcast series where we interview prominent senior engineers from across Australia and delve deeper into their career journeys and how they got where they are today. We hope that this will inspire and assist up-and-coming engineers in planning their own careers. Now over to your host, David Armstrong, General Manager of Australia-wide Engineering Recruitment. Hello and welcome to today's conversation with Gerard Zamet. Gerard is a chemical engineer with significant experience of managing and driving complex projects for global companies within the oil and gas industry across Australia, Southeast Asia and the Middle East. For 12 years, Gerard's been working with Gasco, a fully Australian-owned company that operates at the forefront of heat and combustion processing technology and a home for Australia's leading high-temperature transfer and combustion engineers. Gerard's current role is head of projects with responsibility to lead a diverse team of engineers, design, process, electrical, mechanical, chemical, and instrumentation. His overarching goal is to ultimately serve and satisfy diverse clients around the globe and ensuring Gasco's reputation continues to prosper within a highly competitive industry. Thanks very much to you, Gerard, for joining us. And let's start at the beginning. Why did you choose engineering, Gerard, and ultimately chemical engineering as your field of study? Interesting question. Look, as a child, I was always very interested in technology, particularly electronics. And I was forever making crystal radio sets, shortwave radios, Morse code devices, and playing with scale electric cars. If I couldn't get enough power to the track, I'd increase the voltage on the transformer and get the cars moving as fast as possible. Wow. Um, I also built model planes, train kits with my brother and my mates. I think things were a bit simpler back then. You used to physically build your toys rather than playing with apps on an iPad or an iPhone. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was just different. We used to build things, break them and fix them for fun. I guess I was also inspired by TV shows like Lost in Space, Batman, The Addams Family, I Dream of Genie, where technology was always shown to be pretty cool. I was very much inspired to study chemical engineering by my um, very enthusiastic chemistry teacher in year 11 and 12, Mr. Laidlaw. He was always telling us about one of his mates who was a chemical engineer who used to buy old um, engineering businesses and turn them around and make lots of money. So I thought it must be a pretty interesting career to follow. Fantastic. What, a, what an interesting start, Gerard. And clearly a decision that you made, looking back, absolutely 100% correct for you. Yeah, I think it's worked out well. Terrific. What was the biggest turning point for you which accelerated your career? Well, I have to say that um, it was being accepted to take on a, a traineeship, or these days I guess you'd call them a cadetship, as it's known now in chemical engineering with the BHP Steelworks in Newcastle in New South Wales. I was taken straight out of high school. And I studied for seven years whilst working full-time, and that was followed by a year working as a production supervisor, refining molten steel at the Ladle Metallurgy Furnace in Newcastle. And I guess, look, it was pretty tough. It was a four-year degree that I did in seven years, part-time, while working full-time, when most of my mates did their four-year degree in five years. So I thought I didn't do too bad and got paid along the way. What I did after my seven-year engineering degree yeah, I worked as a production supervisor. I was refining molten steel at the Lagos Metallurgy Furnace at the Newcastle Steelworks, and that was on a rotating roster. So it was quite interesting. It was challenge studying part-time, working full-time, and then going into that sort of role. 
The cadetship was a great opportunity to work for Australia's largest resource company and gain invaluable experience in engineering design, R&D, production, in both continuous and batch type unit operations and management. From there, I got into business development and marketing for around 10 years, which has taken me all over Australia and all over the world. And then I moved into a project management type of role, which I did for about 10 years. And now I'm leading a team of design and project managers on local and international projects. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of had a few turning points, really. The first one yeah. was actually getting accepted to do my, um, my cadetship. And then I've had a, a few other career mm-hmm. changes along the way into sales and marketing, international marketing, in engineering, always in engineering. And then, you know, moving into um, to project management, which has then led me further into project and people management. I guess. So it's been a, a transition into senior management roles. Very, very interesting. That cadetship, that vehicle that you use for your pathway, is that something you would recommend to others? Well, <laughs> look, it's, it's interesting. What I would recommend to others is to start in something and gain your expertise in that first thing, whether it's in design yes. or in project engineering or if it's in sales and marketing or if it's in project management. I would really, really focus and develop some expertise in one of those before Mm -hmm. moving on further. And if you want to get into more of a general management role, I really think that a good blend of skills is very important and to to get some good experience in in project management and in sales. That's where you really learn to deal with people. Yes, yes. And along the way, have you had many mentors, Gerard? And if so, how did they help you? Yeah, look, I've had a few key ones along the way. One in particular was um, the refractories manager at the Newcastle Steelworks. His his name was uh, John Kesey. He taught me a great deal about management when I was managing a a $40 million budget of refractories in the steelmaking department at the Steelworks. I had many vendors to manage in addition to servicing a very demanding in-house customer who needed a massive amount of attention as we were going through a great period of change in the late 80s and early 90s with the introduction of new technology at the Steelworks. And I managed to do this while still studying part-time. And he was really great because he taught me how to um, put things into perspective and how to how to relax. And he also sent me to an Outward Bound training school in Canberra for a month. So I think he was a great mentor that he recognised that I had some good skills and he found some other areas where he could help develop some other skills by sending me off to, to leadership training elsewhere. I've had a few other mentors along the way and I've done a fair amount of mentoring as well to young engineers in the past mm-hmm. several years. So Perfect. it's a thing that, that needs to go on to the next generation. Yes. We need to bring the next generation of engineers up as well. Absolutely, absolutely. How important were postgrad studies for you in order to reach the, the senior level that you did? In terms of postgrad, look, I did start an MBA once and finish the subjects that interest me, but I didn't complete that uh, postgrad degree. I guess after doing seven years early on and starting another one, I just thought it was a bit much at the time. Look, instead I focused on completing targeted courses on subjects that would be of greatest benefit to me in my career, mm-hmm. such as contract management, working with people from different cultures, selling, marketing, project management and people management. I've also studied with the Director Institute for furthering of my career as a board member. In addition to this, look, I'm a prolific reader and I'm always reading books on management and as a premium LinkedIn member and a member of the Engineers Australia, I always have access to a good deal of training materials online. 
look, to keep on top of industry changes, there's no better places to look than Engineers Australia and uh, LinkedIn Premium. Absolutely. What, what are you currently reading out of interest? I've actually got a um, subscription to Blinkist as well. And look, there's always some, some really good stuff on that. But um, I'm just learning as much as I can at the moment. There's, mm-hmm. there's so many changes. Recently, I've been looking at ways of, of how to engage a remote team because of, um, of COVID-19. I think this year's um, brought a few really interesting changes. So I'm just learning about how to, how to be flexible and adaptive in uh, this changing climate. And as we move from um, recession to a bounce back in the economy, we've just got to keep looking at different ways of growing in an uncertain environment. Sure, sure. You mentioned earlier that you're involved with clients around the world. How important has it been for you to run projects and then deal with a variety of different clients and cultures in different parts of the globe? Look, I found it really interesting. I've dealt with um, with customers throughout um, Southeast Asia, the Middle East, also over in Canada and other places. Uh, and I've done a lot in Australia as well. But what I've really found is that uh, by dealing with, with a lot of um, overseas cultures, it's helped me to relate to new engineers that have been coming into Australia over the last 10 years as well. Yeah. Uh, because I've been dealing with people from overseas for probably a good 20 years now, learnt a lot of those cultures, and now I'm finding that a lot of people from those cultures are coming to live and work in Australia, which is really interesting. And so I've got a good background on how different people from different cultures um, operate mm-hmm. and how to integrate them into the workplace and, and work well with them in different uh, companies. Fantastic. Are you involved in much personal development yourself in order to keep abreast of changes within, within your industry? Well, at the moment, I guess I'm just sort of focused on um, watching webinars and reading everything I can from Engineers Australia. Well, we've got a few interesting developments in engineering at the moment. We're across Australia. All engineers are going to um, uh, need to be registered. It's been, well, people have needed, engineers have needed registration in Queensland since I think 2002. But new legislation's come in in Victoria and New South Wales where by the 1st of July 2021, all engineers are going to have to be registered. So at the moment, I guess I'm a bit focused on that. I'm a member of the Institution of Engineers, mm-hmm. um, but like a lot of um, engineers in Australia, a lot of us um, never became certified because we didn't see the um, the need for it. But I guess I'd recommend to, um, to all engineers across Australia, whether you meet the requirements or not, to be one of the categories of engineers that requires registration, I would encourage all engineers to, to become a registered engineer. Firstly, in their own, their own branch of engineering first, whether that's mechanical engineering or, or uh, fire safety engineering, go for that first before you were to go for a second qualification in that field. Uh, because with the Institution of Engineers or Engineers Australia, you can actually become chartered in multiple engineering disciplines, but go for your core one first. Fascinating. Looking back at your career, not to say that you know any of the end of it, would there be anything that you would do differently? Yeah, I probably would have finished the MBA before I had kids and life came along. Mm-hmm. And look, the kind of thing that I would, I would recommend to young engineers is to go out and get lots of qualifications early and then continually keep upgrading those qualifications, attending courses and if you want to do project management, go and get a project management qualification as well. So continual improvement has been very important for you and it's something that you would training. encourage. 
yeah, we have to do continual training and, and under the um, requirements of, um, of registration, you're going to need to maintain your 150 hours of continuous professional development over every mm-hmm. three years. It's not that hard to do. It's only an hour a week. So not quite finishing the MBA then was a regret of yours? Is it something that you would... Only probably 20 years later. But um, Would you look to complete it now or is it... No, I don't really need to do it. I mean, I've had a lot of uh, management training. My cadetship yeah. was pretty much uh, an MBA in itself. And so I never really needed it to, to move from, from one role to sure. another, but it would have been good for my own personal development, I think. What streams of engineering do you think provide the best career opportunities for engineers into the future? I would think in no particular order, I'd have to say um, things like systems engineering, mechanical engineering, there'll always be a need for that, electrical engineering, combinations of those things as well, like mechatronics and robotics, uh, environmental engineering, electrical engineering, anything associated with renewable energy and waste Mm -hmm. management, which will be key drivers for the future. There's going to be a real requirement for us to turn our waste into energy. We're storing mountains of waste that need to be converted in an environmentally responsible way. So I think renewable energy, waste management, environmental engineering, those things, and IT and communications, you know, we're moving to a more electronic age and with the way everyone's had to adapt in this COVID-19 world that we're living in, in communicating, anything associated with with communications, 5G, uh, any of the emerging technologies, I would strongly promote people to get into. You mentioned many different types of engineering courses that one can do, and absolutely it has increased over the years. Do you think that with so much choice, it's difficult for for young people to decide which one to do? And if so, what advice, what guidance could you give to them? Well, that's a really interesting question. Look, I, I would just focus on, on something that interests you the most, yep. because if you follow your heart, you will enjoy what you're doing and you'll become good at it and you'll find your way through, you'll mm-hmm. find opportunities. But if things aren't working out too well, go back and have a look what else is out there and um, find something else. But look for a mentor that can help guide you through the key thing I would say. Follow industry trends. Watch what's happening with Engineers Australia. They've got some pretty good webinars on um, how an engineer can map out their career. So see what the experts are doing. Get onto the Engineers Australia website. Become a member and get involved. Great tips. Fantastic tips. And lastly, and thank you thank you so much for your time, Gerard, but one more question just to, to wrap up. What would be the key messages that you would be able to give for up-and-coming engineers? I'd really have to say um, develop some expertise, as mm-hmm. I was saying earlier. If you want to be a general manager, you'll need a real blend of of skills like project management, project engineering, sales, maybe some design as well. I'd highly recommend working for companies who can provide great experience rather than just going for money. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looking for employers who will enable you to learn and develop into the next generation of Australia's leaders. Work towards becoming a registered engineer. Find a good mentor. Get a Blinkist subscription. You can even get a free one. Read plenty of new books and get exposed to to plenty of new ideas. Be creative in your role. Don't be afraid to ask questions. If you want to be a leader, you need to be a prolific reader, I believe. Um, Volunteer for industry groups, community groups. Develop your leadership skills. 
do things outside of the work sphere as well. Like I've been a school counsellor at my kids' school. I was the treasurer of the student branch of Engineers Australia when I was when I was at uni and doing my degree and doing my cadetship and always volunteering. I would find some good inspirational leaders to follow and you can find some really good ones on LinkedIn and they don't have to be local either. They could be from the US or they could be from Europe. And I'd say that, look, leadership, it's not about being in charge. It's about taking care of those in your charge. So learn to be a people person, learn to develop your people skills so that you can be a good inspirational leader. Put some great messages there, Gerard, to end with. Thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate your time and appreciate hearing about your journey, your very successful journey through your engineering career. Thank you. Gerard Zamet, Head of Projects at Gasco. Thanks very much for your time. It's been great talking with you. Okay, thanks, David. Cheers now. Okay, bye-bye. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast episode of Engineering Career Journeys. Please like, subscribe and provide feedback. Australia-wide engineering recruitment can be found at australiawide.com.au or on our LinkedIn page. We look forward to presenting more interviews with interesting engineers shortly.